Where are you really from? Some people find this a clumsy question, if asked in the wrong way, too insistently, or just that little bit too often over the years. Speaking for myself, I've never especially minded being asked it, as long as you could spare the time to listen to a slightly complicated answer. I was born British. That's the easy bit, an indisputable fact on my birth certificate. Doncaster, Yorkshire, England, Great Britain, my birthright claim to this great country of ours. My name might make it fairly obvious that I might be a bit Indian too, if not quite obvious enough, for those whose playground use of the P-word betrayed a shaky grasp of South Asian geography. Yet I felt at least as Irish as I was Indian, if a little less obviously, since I was brought up as an Irish Catholic with a mother from County Cork. I certainly grew up northern, at first. Being born in Doncaster made me eligible to play cricket for Yorkshire under their old county nativist rules before they changed them in the 1990s for Sakin Tendulkar and Michael Vaughan. I was never that likely to get the call myself. Having left Yorkshire at an early age, I identified rather more as Scouse. But was I really a proper Scouser? I had begun a lifelong relationship with Everton Football Club by the age of five. But living in Ellesmere Port, Cheshire, on the Wivel, across the other side of the Mersey, I would probably have been called a woollyback in Liverpool proper. Moving south with my Scouse accent to Essex when I was 12 certainly strengthened my sense of identification as a northerner at first, though that changed as my accent softened, as if my voice was gradually drifting southwards over the years. Mixed sounded like a useful label for me. I could happily identify with that. Mixed race, for sure, but hopefully not too mixed up about how to put all of this together. I guess it would be fair to assume that I grew up with some identity issues to work through. National identity seemed naively straightforward at first. I watched the World Cups and the Olympics, supporting my country, without knowing any reason why anybody might ever question why I thought any of that had anything to do with people like me. My teenage self naturally became more aware that these questions of identity, belonging and race could be pretty fiercely contested. I guess it would have been unlikely, with a backstory like mine, not to develop some kind of interest in history. That looked like it might provide some of the keys for explaining how I came to be me, and it turned out to offer some broader insights into how we, the British today, came to be us too. Eventually, I came to understand that mine was a very British identity indeed. After all, my dad may have been born 4,000 miles away, in Gujarat, in India, not far from the birthplace of Mahatma Gandhi, yet he had been born a British subject too. He did become a citizen of the new Indian Republic between his third and fourth birthdays, but he was to become British once again, several decades later. As a citizen of the Commonwealth, he could, as a newly qualified doctor, take a plane to Heathrow to look for work in the NHS. It was 1968, the week after Enoch Powell made his infamous Rivers of Blood speech, asking him not to come, or to go back home if he did. His own father was an ally of Enoch in this respect, offering to support him to set up a medical practice if he came back home, with plans to arrange his marriage too. But Dad stayed. He had met my mum, who was certainly not born British, in County Cork in the 1940s, Yet, as an Irish citizen, she did not need any passport, permit or visa to take the ferry from Cork to Holyhead before taking a coach onwards to Portsmouth to begin her training as a nurse. So, are you coming as an immigrant then? The ticket inspector asked her, 
on seeing that she had a one-way ticket. Half a century later, Mum has still never become British. A few years ago, she took to flying an Irish tricolour from a flagpole in her garden in Essex. That was intended, and apparently received, as a friendly riposte to a neighbour's cross of St George. Her strong sense of being Irish has not prevented her from voting in every general election for decades. Ireland may have been independent for a century, but we have never treated it, in law, as just another foreign country. The more I thought about the whole complex history of India, Ireland and Britain, one simple truth became obvious. I could only really be British. It was not exactly a coincidence, the son of an Indian doctor and an Irish nurse, that I was British rather than, say, Belgian or Brazilian. I was hardly going to be anything else. I was not just the product of that complex British history of empire, decolonisation and post-war migration. 